Rules, rules, rules. In so many ways, our lives are governed by rules. We grow up in families with rules like, don't beat up your brother or sister. We go to school with classrooms that have rules like, don't cheat on tests. We learn the rules of the road to get a driver's license. And even in the perfect world of Eden, there was a rule. God told Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree that you want to. Just don't eat from that one over there. That one's bad for you. And as we know, they broke the rule. We may not always appreciate it, but God gives us certain rules for our good. So when he rescued the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, he gave them a set of rules called the Jewish law. And he did this for at least three reasons. Number one, the Jews had been slaves for hundreds of years and they needed rules so they could learn how to live together as a civil society. And number two was to demonstrate the holiness of God. By establishing rules for the conduct of spiritual life, God made it clear that relationship with him was not something to be taken lightly. By the way, that's something that some of us perhaps need to rediscover. And then number three, most interestingly enough, God gave these rules to give human beings an object lesson in the limitations of religious rules. Rules put the burden on us because we become responsible not to break the rules so we don't offend God and yet at some point all of us always will fail. And worst of all, when rules are the priority, relationships are distorted. If you grew up in a home where the only way you experience the pleasure of mom and dad is by obeying the rules, then you're not going to feel very loved. Kids need to follow the rules of their homes, but they need to know that they're loved regardless of what they may do with the rules. And this is true for parents and children, and it's true with the Heavenly Father and us. And then God did something very interesting. He brought his object lesson in rules to a close by sending Jesus into the world. And Jesus came to perfectly fulfill the Jewish law so that no one else ever would have to try to do it ever again. And Jesus wanted us to know that we are loved by God regardless of rules. And he demonstrated God's unconditional love by dying on a cross for your sins and mine. When he did that, he gave us an undeserved gift of forgiveness. It's called grace. And so now, instead of a religion of rules, we can have a relationship with God based on grace. However, the first Christians all were Jewish, and some of them thought the law still was necessary. And then non-Jews, people called Gentiles, started to hear about Jesus and they started to become Christians and they saw no need for the Jewish law. And so now there's tension in the early church because for these people to discount the law, it really annoyed the Jewish Christians who valued the rules. 
And so those Jewish Christians showed up in the Gentile churches of Galatia. And they insisted that the new believers there embrace the law in addition to Jesus. And the Galatians started to believe it. And so the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, pushes back, reminding them that they have been saved by grace, not by the law. They are led by the Spirit, not by rules. Listen to what Paul says in the book of Galatians, starting in chapter 2, verse 19. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now that's an amazing statement that we're going to unpack here in just a minute. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. We need to remember that Paul is writing here from personal experience. He had tried to follow the law faithfully, and he'd done it about as well as any human being ever could, and yet his effort was useless. He realized that on his own, he never could be good enough for God. And so he realized the hopelessness of a rules-based religion. And now, because of God's grace, Paul here makes these two amazing claims. First, he says he's been crucified with Christ and now lives by faith in Christ. In other words, Paul's saying that he's had his own death and resurrection experience. Now, how is that even possible? Well, it happened when he was baptized. Because death and resurrection and new life is the purpose of baptism, which Paul explains in detail in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 to 11. And Paul summarizes that here. He wants us to know that he put his trust in Jesus and he expressed his faith by being baptized. And now he has a new life because of God's grace expressed through Jesus. And second... Jesus lives in Paul. Now, how is that possible? Well, it's because when Paul was baptized, God placed the Holy Spirit within him according to the promise of Acts 2.38. And the Holy Spirit is God and has the same nature as Jesus. So Jesus lives in Paul because the Spirit lives in Paul. There's a whole lot packed into these few short statements. Paul is telling us that he's experienced death, burial, resurrection, new life in Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. These things are supernatural. They are transformational. But they didn't happen because Paul successfully followed God's rules. These things happened because Jesus died. And Paul responded in faith, and God graciously blessed him. And so Paul has been made new through God's grace. And only God's grace. And he now challenges the Galatians to remember their own experience with the grace of God. Continuing on, chapter 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. 
I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh, meaning their own physical effort? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Paul wants the Christians in Galatia to know that following rules cannot lead to righteousness. This teaching is wrong and it's so blatantly wrong that it's foolish. It's foolish based on the teaching of scripture and it's foolish based on their own personal experience. Under the Jewish law, only a few select leaders ever received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I heard the Galatians, they've never followed the law, yet when they repented and they were baptized, God gave all of them the gift of the Spirit. God's undeserved grace was poured out on all of them. And yet now they've been convinced that they, that they need Jesus plus the law. The law that never provided average believers with the richness of a spirit-filled life. So this leads to Paul's very logical question. How can you start your life with God based on the gracious gift of the spirit and then believe you somehow can become more spiritual by trying to earn God's favor through your own efforts? That's moving backward. Backward from a spirit-led life to a rule-led life. Backward from God's gift of righteousness to a self-earned righteousness. And that's not the path towards spiritual freedom, but towards spiritual bondage. Bondage to religious rules, rather than a life of faith. And to make this point clear, Paul points to Abraham, the honored ancestor of the Jews. And Abraham was righteous because of his faith in God, not because he followed the law. Abraham couldn't have followed the law if he wanted to because it didn't exist in his time. God didn't create it for several hundred years until Moses came along. And here's the great irony. Abraham's descendants became the Jewish people, but Abraham wasn't a Jew. Abraham was a Gentile, <laughs> and he was rescued from his sins simply because of his faith. Faith in God always is what matters most. And God gave the law for a temporary time, and then Jesus fulfilled God's law so that all of God's children could be set free from those religious rules that God had given. And followers of Jesus now have the privilege, the incredible privilege of being spirit-filled, spirit-led people. And yet the question for us is the same one the Galatians faced. Will we embrace the freedom of God's grace or will we try in some way to reimpose a rules-based religion? Now, none of this is to say that we have, we have the ability to live a rule-free life. That would be anarchy. God obviously gives us some rules to follow. 
rules that are essential so that we can live a healthy life. Rules that are clear in Scripture like don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Lay aside pride and practice humility. Don't gossip and make every effort to live in peace with other believers. Rich, God-given rules. How How are we doing on all that, church? Important. We don't follow such rules to become righteous. We follow them because Jesus Christ on the cross made us righteous. And we want to honor him by the way that we live. And yet, there's an ongoing challenge that we face. There's a whole lot of life where God gives us no rules. And where there are no rules, then we need to listen to the Spirit and discern what God would have us do. And in certain areas of life, he might ask me to do something different than he asks you to do. And we need to give each other grace when believers come to different conclusions than we do. Where there's no clear rules, there's a freedom to choose and a freedom to be different. And oh, that makes a number of Christians extremely uncomfortable. And when that happens, then they start to make up their own rules. And then they act as if their rules come from God and they try to impose those rules on everyone else. And so there are churches who have dress codes about what you're supposed to wear when you come to worship. There's churches that have rules about the order of worship and rules about church architecture and church furniture and rules about things like dancing and dating and what kinds of music you can listen to. We create rules and rules and more rules that you don't find in Scripture. And when we do that, we simply add a burden, like the burden of the law that Paul faced. And rules shift the focus away from God's grace. And instead of living in the freedom of grace, we focus on following the church's human-made rules. In just a few minutes, we're going to celebrate communion, which I believe is one of the most special expressions of worship that we have. And yet sometimes, we've taken even this very precious gift given to us by Jesus, and we've distorted it by building rules around it. For example, are we required to take communion each and every Sunday? No. Jesus said, whenever you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Now, the early church took communion on Sunday as a practice, a wise practice in my view. And our particular tribe of independent churches adopted this practice. But over time, many of our churches turned Sunday communion into a rule which means we change it from an opportunity into an obligation. And then we sometimes made people feel guilty if they missed communion on Sunday. And sometimes we judged other churches who didn't follow our rule and took communion less often than we did. You see, that's the problem with a religion of rules. Rules distort relationships. 
they can distort our relationship with God with other followers of Jesus. I love the fact that we offer communion each and every Sunday because it is a rich way to honor and worship Jesus. But what we're going to do here together in a few minutes is not an obligation because it's not a rule. It is an incredible privilege. As I said, there are rules in Scripture that are very clear, rules that we need to follow. But when we go beyond that, that's when we can enslave ourselves and others. Paul's words to the Galatians remind us never to exchange the freedom of grace for the bondage of rules. Instead, God invites you and he invites me to live as spirit-filled, spirit-led people. People who focus above all things on following Jesus. Follow Jesus. We let him lead us.